The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Good evening, good evening. We are going to now call to order our evening city council community meeting, our first uh, evening charter mandated meeting of the year to order in District 5. And our clerk is online. If you can please call the roll for us. Yes, Madam Chair. Council Member Benson. Council Member Durall the third. Council Member Johnson. Present. Council Member Santiago Romero. Council Member Waters. Present. Council Member Whitfield Calloway. Council Member Young the second. Council President Pro Tem Tate. Here. Council Member Shep, I'm sorry. Council President Shep Bill. Present. Madam Chair, you do have a quorum. All right, thank you. There being a quorum present, we are now in session and we are going to move straight to our invocation and welcome by Dr. Nathan Johnson, who is the senior pastor here at the Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray. Most holy and gracious God, we humbly bow before thee this evening, thanking you for the blessings of this day, thanking you for the blessings of this very moment. We come now invoking your presence among us, not asking you to come from anywhere, for there is nowhere where you are not, but asking you to manifest your presence among us. We pray for this council. We pray that you would uh, give them great clarity in knowing what to do. Give them great confidence in doing what they know to do. Grant them compassion as they do what they do. We pray for those in attendance the citizens of this great city, this community, this district in particular. And we ask, O oh God, that you would keep us in your presence this night. May we know that you are with us, for your presence grants us peace, your presence grants us protection, and your presence grants us power. This we ask in the holy and matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, amen. Amen. Any other remarks, um, Pastor Johnson? Thank you, President Sheffield, and to uh, President Pro Tem Tate, and to all of the council members. Uh, 
It is an honor for me to extend greetings to you on behalf of the Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, our church has been privileged to exist and minister in this great city for 100 plus two years. And we're honored to have you in this house where we gather and worship. Uh, I want to especially, especially thank our events coordinator, uh, Sister Tamisha Rouse, uh, who serves as the point person to coordinate events of this nature. But we say welcome, and we pray that you will always know, uh, Madam President, and to the council persons that you have a place here at Tabernacle. Thank you for being here tonight. May God bless you in this meeting. Brother Durhall, amen. All right, thank you so much for opening your doors for us to be here this evening, um, and we truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna now move to our uh, recognition of departments that are here. So if you are a city department and you are here, if you can please stand at this time to be recognized. Any city departments that would like to be recognized, please stand and state your name at this time. All right, all right, thank you to all of our city departments that have joined us this evening. Uh, do we have any elected officials uh, that are here as well that may have missed? Any elected officials, precinct delegates, CAC members, all right. All right, you wanna just introduce yourselves? Yep, go right ahead. <laughs> All right, thank you all for being here. We're gonna now go over to our city council uh, member staff who have joined us this evening, starting with council member Durhaw's team. You are here if you would like to be recognized. Please stand at this time. All right, council member Johnson's team. Good evening. Council president pro tem Tate's team. Okay. Uh, council member Mary Waters. All right, and council member um, Scott Benson. All right, good evening. All right, so, uh, and of course my team, uh, District 5, can you all stand? Thank you to our team who is here. 
All right. Uh, and then lastly, I see our district managers just walked in. If you guys uh, would like to stand up and just introduce yourselves to the two mighty men of District 5. All right. All right. Um, and if the clerk would note, we've also been joined by uh, Councilmember Young. And if your if your staff here as well, we might want to be recognized. And if Councilmember Young staff is here, would like to be recognized at this time. No, he's not here. Okay. All right. Sorry. Great. All right. So good evening to everyone. Thank you all so much for taking the time to come out. Uh, this is the District Five Charter Mandated Meeting, and as the City Council representative, I. I'm sorry. Okay. As the uh, City Council representative for District 5, just want to thank you all. Uh, again, I want to recognize my team. If you all can stand one more time for the work that they do uh, on behalf of the residents of District 5. Um, just truly want to say thank you to them uh, because I cannot do the work without the residents, without the team that I have uh, assembled with me. Uh, just truly just want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. Uh, we do have some announcements that I will make at the very end. We have a quick video that we will play um, that just goes over some of the community initiatives that we are uh, currently doing in District 5. But want to remind all of the District 5 residents that every single Monday at 4 p.m. we host our um, virtual office hours, so that is a way to engage with our office for any outstanding issues that may be of concern to you and your community. Um, that is the easiest way to engage with our office every single Monday at 4 p.m. And then also we are extremely excited to be launching a tenant workshop series. Uh, we are partnering with the People's Platform and another nonprofit organization, I don't have the name offhand, but we will be moving throughout uh, senior buildings in District 5 hosting tenant workshops on renters' rights. Uh, as we are seeing an increase in the amount of complaints and issues with management throughout our senior buildings. And so if you or anyone that may be listening is in need of an organized workshop, for your tenants throughout our senior buildings, please make sure you let us know as we are extremely excited to launch our tenant workshop series on tenant rights. So with that being said, we will now um, play our video and then we will move over to questions from the residents that are here. And before we play the video, uh, we do have representatives from Councilmember Callaway's office that is here if you would like to stand and be recognized. And then also Councilmember Santiago Ramiro staff is also here. All right, thank you. I believe that this is about stabilizing our neighborhoods. It's about protecting our most vulnerable. And I'm glad that we are here today. This is a historic day in Detroit. It really is to be able to provide free counsel and attorney for our low-income families that are facing eviction. What if, if city grants were available to neighborhood groups across Detroit? Council member Mary Sheffield at the time, now President Mary Sheffield, proposed funding part of it with the income taxes that the Pistons and the visiting NBA players would pay when they played in the city of Detroit. And then last year, we supplemented it. Uh, with money from the American Rescue Plan and President Biden. I want to first thank, from the bottom of my heart, President of the Council, Mary Sheffield. She is a dynamo. That is the best way to describe her. She's such an advocate. Every time you ring the phone, she picks it up. She does everything that she can to help you. So we're so happy to be in her district. We are looking forward to beautifying our lots, uh, doing some much needed grading, 
um, flowering and beautifying the park and planting a garden in the summertime, we would not have been able to do it without the beautification funds. Thank you so much again, Council President Mary Sheffield. You are just absolutely a godsend. We're super excited to be here at the site of the Winter Wonderland, a winter activation here at the Curtis Jones Park, where we opened late last year. Thanks and support from Mary Sheffield's office and the beautification grant. Every Friday, we come out into the community and we feed our seniors. We just spend time with them. We engage with them. We listen to the concerns that they have and just really let them know how important their voices are, how important they are into the revitalization of our city and just make sure that they understand that they matter. And so it's always an honor to spend my Fridays with our seniors. District 5 has the highest amount of senior buildings throughout the entire city. And so throughout my term, I have made sure that I am laser focused on the issues of our seniors and that I prioritize their needs and their concerns and that I spend as much time as I can with them. So it's always an honor to be here and I always, always love our amazing seniors. We're so appreciative of her. It's not even election time, but she always comes in, takes care of us. And most of the seniors, there are a lot of senior buildings around here, and she's usually around taking care of as much as she can, the seniors. I've been supporting her. This is the one of the original t-shirts, and as you see, I still have it. Thank you for coming, Ms. Sheffield, and all of her crew. God bless you all. First and foremost, I, I just want to thank you all uh, for the work that you all do day in and day out, uh, serving the population uh, in Detroit that is experiencing housing instability or housing insecurities. Uh, we appreciate the work that you all do. Shout out to Mary Sheffield. She's so humble, like she, you know, so I'm gonna shout her out on camera because when I get around, man, she'll be like, no, no, no. <laughs> Cause she's super humble and she's genuine. So we love you, Mary. We love you so much. Thank you so much. Yo, what up, it's Dr. Darius. I gotta salute the one and only Mary Sheffield, Detroit City Council President. All that you do, occupy the corner. Listen, you've been doing this for the city for the longest. We love you. Love to Mary Sheffield, because that's my dog, though, for real. This is a community issue, a church issue. This is all of our issue, and we have to begin to make sure that we use our circle of influence, that as we march today, we talk to ourselves, what more can I do? What more can I do? Can I mentor? Can I can I give back? Can I, can I go lobby? Can I reach out to my state reps, to my legislators about common sense gun laws? And we need everyone to participate. So God bless you all. Thank you all for being here, and let's continue to do the work to end and eradicate gun violence locally and nationally. Thank you for uh, the time and watching the video.
So that is just some highlights of the community work that we do. Um, and again, I just want to thank uh, the District 5 residents for the opportunity to serve. Uh, it's been nine years now. Um, a lot of time I sit back and think about uh, the journey. Um, leadership is not easy. Um, and I truly believe that it is something that we're called to do. Um, and I'm gonna take something that Coleman Young always does with quotes uh, and say at a very young age, I was taught that service is the pay, is the price that you pay uh, for the space that we occupy. And so uh, it is an honor to serve, uh, regardless if it's in the position of uh, an elected official, I will always continue to serve, to serve, to serve. I grew up in a servant leadership household that was instilled upon me at a very young age. And so it is an absolute privilege to serve the residents of Detroit every day. Uh, so with that being said, we can move on to our um, public comments. And we, hmm? oh, I'm sorry, before we move to public comment, we do have an individual here for Project Clean Slate, who is going to do a brief presentation. Ms. Shayla McElroy. expungement program so for any Detroiter who may have misdemeanors or felonies on their background and they're interested in seeing if they can get those items removed off of their record they can register for project clean slate and the program is totally free um, just quick facts we found that one year post expungement um, most people see a 23% wage increase and then also about 90% of our clients say that they're seeking expungement so they can see um, site new or better employment opportunities. Um, this is just really quickly just our process. Pretty much long story short, we take care of the certified court records. We prep everybody for their expungement hearing. Um, we file their expungement application. We pay for that. Um, and we schedule the expungement hearing for them. Um, this part right here is most important. So again, in order to register for our program, you must be a city of Detroit resident. Um, we verify the front and back of the ID. Um, additionally, expungement legislation says that we can expunge an unlimited amount of misdemeanors and up to three felonies. Um, a year ago, they also added something to the legislation called One Bad Night, which means that if you accumulated more than one conviction within a 24-hour time period, those convictions can count as one. So for somebody who may have like 20 felonies, if they rack those up within a 24-hour time period, those felonies could possibly count as one. Um, additionally, a lot of people ask if we can expunge traffic tickets. We cannot do traffic tickets. We can only expunge things that have went through um, criminal court. We can't expunge anything that's going through civil court. Um, then really quickly, again, I'm here tonight just to let everybody know that automatic expungement is expected to go into effect in April of this year. And so for individuals who want to know if they'll qualify for automatic expungement, we're just urging everybody to register for our program so we can let them know if they'll fall into that automatic expungement bucket or if they'll have to complete that traditional expungement process. Either way it goes, we'll make sure that we'll take care of you. Um, if you want to see how you can prepare, make sure you have no warrants, take care of those. Um, if you have something on your iChat called Open Judicial Segments, we can take care of that, email us and we can figure it out. Um, also, if you have any court fees or restitutions, we also urge you to pay those as well. Um, registration form, I'm going to hurry up. 
Um, pretty much, you can go to our website, www.detroitmi.gov forward slash PCS. When you go, it's a banner that says register now. This form will pop up. Just go ahead and insert your contact information, upload the front of your ID, and then we'll take care of it from there. Um, also, if you want to do it now, here's the QR code. You can register, you can take a picture, share it with your family and friends. Um, again, Project Clean Slate is totally free to Detroiters and we'll take care of everything. That's all, thank you. All right, thank you. And do you mind leaving your contact information or number for individuals to contact you? Okay, just in case, I know that's very um, important. A lot of people are interested in Project Clean Slate. All right, so we're going to move now to citizen concerns. Uh, individuals who have called in ahead of time, uh, we are going to allow you two minutes for public comments, seeing that we did receive quite a few. Um, and we're gonna start with Renard Mashansky. He's online, okay. Is Ms. Warwick here? Mr. Cunningham. We'll let Mr. Cunningham go first since he is here. Greetings, Honorable City Council. Um, each and every one of you, you're always in my prayers. Um, I have a prayer list when I go see my mom, and all y'all own it. And so we just continue to lift you eyes up in prayer. Um, and I wish you always the best. Um, so as it regards to DDOT, of course, uh, they need to increase the ways of the drivers. So everybody knows Ann Arbor doesn't have a shortage of drivers. They don't have a shortage of mechanics. They pay $28 an hour. So the wages, there's no shortage up there. So they have to do something hopefully similar to what they did with the police, reopen, because as soon as they get a new, <clears throat> uh, a new driver, two or three of them resign, or not resign, but retire and leave. Uh, so. Um, it, it is necessary to do something about the driver shortage and money talks. So um, anybody in the room that needs a bus ticket to get home, um, just let me know. Uh, when I'm in the streets, I'm giving out bus tickets, hand warmers, foot warmers. Thank you, Council President. Thank you, Council Callaway's office. Thank you. Um, but usually people are standoffish at first but when i say i have a hand warmer they kind of brighten up especially if it's cold it's not that cold out there right now and they just the detroiter love you get that so i'm asking all of you when you see people on the side of the road or waiting on the bus and you have your nice warm car um give them a hand warmer um they don't cost that much it'll be a blessing to do that um i always give out my Hotline number, if you can listen, 313-444-9114, 313-444-9114, and on Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. And this morning, any activist, I was saying that you should get a digital recorder. It records 72 hours, and you can upload it to a cloud. Um, I keep it on me at all times. Um, if, thank you so much. All right, thank you, Mr. Cunningham. And uh, let's try to take care of everyone that's here first um, that came. Uh, Beverly Kendall Walker. And I think I saw Vanessa Peak. Is she here? Okay. Yes, Vanessa Peak. 
<laughs> and then followed by Beverly Kendall Walker. Good evening. I am a long-standing homeowner of District 3 and, have, and, and here to expound on our need for help. Our area was originally not included as part of the hardest hit funds, which meant no monies were initially allocated for the rehab of strip houses and demolition. No thought has been given to us long-standing homeowners as myself who filled the void and diligently worked in the community with the expectation of positive outcomes and change which would result in gainful employment opportunities with transferable skills and home ownership. We community groups created a level of stability when we were left to die, boarded up houses, maintained the landscape of houses we did not own, and chased vandals away. Today, as other areas of Detroit began to experience a resurgence because of the continuation of resources being pumped into them, District 3 is regressing. The days of houses being stripped, illegal dumping, and other criminal activity has resurfaced. I ask myself, what is it about my community that when one thinks about a new development, it's a liquor store, it's a strip club, it's a marijuana establishment? I say this because these types of businesses are being allowed to proliferate within my community. However, within District 3, there are working people who desire much more. The young person who is trying to educate themselves for a high-paying job. The working family who desires fun, clean activities and venues within their community. The single working mom who wants a better future for her kids and the long-standing seniors who do not want to see the erosion of the great work that they have done to bring stabilization at a time when we were left to die. District 3 is 98% black. We need city council to think differently about black people, envision us to have the same opportunities that were available to the first generation of black homeowners who moved to the area, a solid working class, clean and safe community where they can thrive. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Ms. King. Anything? All right, and we will continue to work with you along with uh, your council member, council member Benson, to make sure that those issues are addressed. And there are several departments here today as well, too, um, if you would like to engage uh, with them as well. Thank you so much, Ms. Pete. Ms. Uh, Beverly Kendall Walker. Good evening, honorable council members. Uh, I am a resident of District 5. <clears throat> And I um, have some issues regarding East Lafayette, which is the street I live on, in West Village, um, the 7900 block. In particular, I used to have a street light in the middle of my block, but it has been gone for the last six years. We've complained about it. When you turn the corner from Van Dyke onto East Lafayette heading west toward downtown, it's pitch black in that stretch, and there's a number of homeowners in that particular stretch of uh, East Lafayette. So I have complained about it, and nothing been done about it. We want our street light to be back in the middle of the block so that we can have some sort of semblance of safety. My other complaint is at East Lafayette heading toward Mount Elliott, because of the bike lanes, we have been, re been reduced to one lane at the light at Mount Elliott. They are allowing a left-hand turn at Mount Elliott. So therefore, when you're trying to make a left-hand turn, you're blocking all the traffic behind you because you can't go around, there's only one lane. That street was built for, to make a Michigan U at Mount Elliott to go north, to go south. That island is still there. We need the signage there to say, if you want to go south on Mount Elliott, make a right turn 
to make the Michigan U so that you won't impede the traffic that's behind us. A lot of times the fire station has issues, so you can't block up that intersection. So please have somebody take a look at it. I've complained about that one before, too. That's right at Martin Luther King High School, Theo. The uh, fire station on the right, going west on East Lafayette at Mount Elliott. Then my final complaint is at um, Mount Elliott, I'm sorry, East Lafayette and 375. Because of the bike lane, you can't make a right turn, and it's a really hazardous situation there. So it needs to be some special attention to um, being able to make a right turn to get onto the freeway uh, from avoiding the bike lane. So I think that signage is improper and it needs to be looked at again. Finally, Black History Month, Blacks in Aviation, Tuskegee Airmen, Percy Slet Heath, which was a jazz musician. Look him up. He was a Tuskegee Airman, Percy Heath, jazz musician. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Uh, Beverly Kendall Walker. And I know we do have someone here from DPW. Um, if you can raise your hand. I know I, it was representative I saw earlier from DPW. Uh, if you can please make sure you meet with Ms. Kendall Walker while she's here regarding the signage issues in District 5. And then also if you can get me, I uh, will get with you, Ms. Uh, Beverly Kendall Walker, on the lighting issue with the PLA okay. to get a request out for them to come out and assess that particular area. Thank you. All right, so if our team can make sure you get with her, please. Thank you. All right, um, let's see. Anyone else here in person that called in in advance? What's your name, sir? Tossie. I'm sorry? Tossie. They spelled it wrong. They okay. got a P. But it's supposed to be a T. Okay. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was uh, basically concerned about the uh, $156 million surplus. Um, wondering uh, if some of those funds could be used towards helping uh, indigent or elderly or disabled individuals who own their own home and they've been in their home for a long time may need some type of uh, funds for re repairs to their home. And I was wondering about the superf superfluous amount of money being used towards fixing sidewalks, which is I think $20 million $500,000. That's kind of like putting, it's kind of like putting uh, the people who's supposed to repair those sidewalks in a box because you could be scrutinized because $20 million should cover every sidewalk in the city of Detroit, including in front of abandoned houses, uh, in front of vacant lots, in front of alleys. So I was basically come, coming down here and asking the city council if there's any way where those, some funds could be used towards, hey, maybe even $15 million could be used towards sidewalks. $18 million could be used towards sidewalks. Whatever amount, but some of those funds could be used towards long-standing citizens to help repair with their housing. Those that are indigent, disabled, uh, elderly. Um, what else? That pretty much covers it all, sums it up. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, mm -hmm. Well, also, I was wondering who's going to be responsible for making sure and ensuring that that money was spent in the right direction. Because if it's $20 million being dispensed towards sidewalks, that means we shouldn't see no damaged sidewalks. But you can see repairs on, you know, citizens' homes who've been in their communities, and you can see that, and it's directly affecting the citizens. You know, Got you. Thank you. Thank you so much for voicing your concerns. Yeah, let's give him a round of applause. <laughs>
Um, so we did bring back that budget amendment um, per the request oh. of my colleague, Councilmember Waters, for a week. So that was not voted on today to allow more discussions okay. about also, how we go right ahead. Well, also, I was a... Uh, well, I still got seven seconds. Also, uh, if you guys can consider some type of adopt-a-home project for Detroit citizens, I guess maybe you could come up with that somehow amongst yourselves. But okay. Thank you. All right, thank you. So we will take that into, into consideration. Uh, we did not vote on the budget amendment today, uh, and we also have further uh, budget deliberations that are forthcoming that we can include that request in as well as relates to overall home repair for Detroit residents. So thank you. Um, we can now move over to virtual callers who called in in advance. All right, who was our first caller, Pierce? Hi, good evening. Can I be heard? Yes, good evening. Uh, good evening, Madam President and members of this honorable body. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church and our host uh, for this evening uh, meeting tonight. Um, and also, I want to address the public and residents of the city of Detroit. Uh, my name is Renard Wyshewski. I'm the Transit Justice Organizer for Detroit People's Platform and organizer of the Transit Justice Team. I'm also a long-term Detroiter and bus rider. I work in District 5, but I reside in District 6. I wanted to talk today about the uh, Detroit Department of Transportation operator crisis, and an operator is just another term for driver, but we're going to call them operators today, and I have my reasons for that. Um, the reason why we're losing drivers, this has started before the pandemic, so I just want to make everyone clear that this is something that has impacted our community before COVID, and it was, you know, you've heard all the reasons due to um, low pay, um, hazard conditions, and safety, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into this. Our DDOT drivers are in contact, I will say, arguably more people than the police department right now. And their actions, um, their occupational demands go beyond just driving a bus. Our bus drivers are in charge of revenue collection, rule enforcement, and responsibilities even related to policing. They take on other roles like social worker, crisis interventor, um, uh, security guard functions, so many different roles in the community due to the high need of our passengers um, that are using the system. So um, our, our drivers have to be taken care of, and we have to make DDOT a choice employer. It's one of the few careers that give you a pension. That means you are paid when you are retired after you've served the city. What is it going to take to make DDOT a, an employer of choice? Simply higher pay, better benefits, a low-cost, high-benefit package, and especially good health care access, and a career ladder. Ask the veteran drivers what made them leave, and let's start communicating with them better. All right, thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Uh, Renard Mashansky. Yes, hello, may I be heard? Yes, yes, you can. Yes, good evening. Hello, may I be heard? Yes, good evening. Yes. Okay, it's very hard to hear you virtually. I don't know about other people. Um, thank you, everybody. Happy uh, Black History Month. Uh, I'm going to deviate from my agenda. I want to give a call out to a couple of people. 
first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to Mr. Fred Burton, who I had the great pleasure of working with while working with uh, Congressman John Conyers. Um, I learned a lot from Fred Burton. He escorted Rosa Parks around near the end of her life. And we called Fred Burton a silver fox because he had the most amazing head of hair that Fred Durhall and Scott Benson would just be really envious to have and a beautiful man. Uh, in addition, the late, great uh, Congressman John Conyers, who put in the bill H.R. 40 since the reparations bill since 1989. He put in the Dr. King holiday in 1968. He wrote H.R. 676, Medicare for All. He fought the drug war and mass incarceration. He supported the Pigford Claims Act to support black farmers who were discriminated against. Um, H.R. 848 to stop exploitation of black musicians and more and more. I hear somebody talking. Um, so uh, let's remember, I mean, it's great. We got a reparations committee here now in the city, but let's not forget the late great Congressman Conyers who, who fought that, you know, put that bill in for decades, still hasn't happened in the House of Representatives, but maybe we'll get there. Also, everyone, tomorrow is the last day to appeal your property taxes. They are, you can go in person tomorrow by 4.30 p.m. or send them by email by 4.30 p.m. or postmark it tomorrow, February uh, 22nd. I'd also like to talk about District Detroit and the Illiches asking for three quarters of a billion dollars in... All right. Yeah, I'm sorry, hold on, um, Paris. Member Durhall wants to respond if the clerk would note we also been joined by member <laughs> Gabriela Santiago Romero. I just want to say for the record, Ms. <laughs> Warwick, I love you. I appreciate your comments as always. They really hurt my feelings. <laughs> but, but I'm okay and my wife loves it. So I just want you to <laughs> I just want to let you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good evening, Council. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Have you heard? Yes, you can. Good evening. Okay, thank you. I think I'll get some afros and send them to Durhall and Benson for oh. October. <laughs> but, um, and uh, Council President Sheffield, I haven't seen kickball in a long time. <laughs> that was pretty good. But um, I'm here tonight to support uh, the other transit advocates who spoke earlier in regards to promoting a greater wage for the bus drivers. I remember a time when a bus driver was a breadwinning job and that job could hold down a household. But in these days and times, $15 an hour cannot support a family. And so we advocate for more funds for our operators on the line hall. As far as the paratransit goes, we're working very closely with the department to make sure that the RFP process is completed and, and uh, whatever we can do to assist them there, we're working with them. But I got an interesting phone call uh, the last time the Pistons played from a friend of mine that works at 
little Caesar, and excuse me, I'm a little under the weather. And he called me to find out if one of the visitors to little Caesar, who was from out of town, could get transportation to the casino. And there was no way that I could even assist him in that area because it was an on-demand, it was a wheelchair user. Checker Cab does not offer Uber or Lyft. So we have got to do something. If this is going to be a world-class city, then if you correct it for the citizens in the city, then we will look good for visitors who come into the city. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you. You as well, Ms. Franklin. Thank you so much. The next caller is Larry Donald Verse. Good evening. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. My name is Larry Donald Verse. I'm a volunteer member of Detroit People's Platform Trans and Justice Team. And I'm here to address the issue of, uh, I guess, as others have called it, um, the wages of, well, they say operators, I still say drivers, bus drivers, and there's others that support the bus system. The reality is Detroit is way behind everybody else, and it's not in step with reality the economic reality of our times in this day. We need drivers and we have to pay the price. I mean, when we have basically 11% of what you call it, uh, food inflation, you expect somebody to live off of what they would make at what? At a McDonald's? Come on now. They need at least $30 an hour to start with. The city is going to become competitive. It's going to have to step out front and pay what it is. I am personally asking council to whatever the mayor may ask, at least consider a budget from the Detroit Treasury of $120 million for Buster, for the Department of Transportation. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Mr. Verse. The next caller is Rochella Stewart. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, good evening. Good evening, President Sheffield and other honorable council members. I'm Rochelle Stewart with Detroit People's Platform Transit Justice Team. My concern is the shortage of drivers and other essential employees at DDOT. DDOT employees and essential riders deserve better. First, I would like to address starting to have a quarterly meeting with DDOT employees, drivers, dispatch, mechanics, etc., being able to voice their concerns and suggestions without repercussion. That's why so many don't speak up. But putting something like this in place you can get these concerns and suggestions from your frontline employees, having different employees at each meeting so you are getting overall perspective from them. Not being able to do this put employees and management at a distance from each other. Secondly, another thing, DDOT, City Council, Mayor, 
need to work together and get DDOT more funding for increasing wages, health, and pension benefits. DDOT employees as well as others took cuts in wages and health pension benefits during the bankruptcy. And I think it's only high time to start working out a way to give back some of the things that was taken away from these essential employees. The cost of living has went up tremendously. Housing, food, gas, et cetera, and a starting wage of $15 is not enough to support one person, let alone a family. I, as an advocate for transit, thinks it's high time to start getting DDOT to be a transit system that other cities across this country look at for transforming their systems. We have a way to go, but I believe if we work together, DDOT, council, mayor, employees, organizations, essential bus riders, and use suggestions and ideas, we can get a start on making this a truly fine-tuned transit system that every resident is truly proud of to use. Because as we know, public transportation is a right for every resident. Uh, so let's get it together and work together to obtain a well-trained transit system that all Detroiters deserve. And also, let's think about getting instilled a low-income fare for returning citizens homeless people in 200% property level. I am excited about DDOT reimagining the use. The next caller is Robert Palowski. What about Lenore Winston? I'm you almost had it there, it was Palowski. But good evening, everyone. My name is Robert Palowski. I represent the Regional Transit Authority Citizens Advisory Committee. And I'm also a part-time volunteer with an organization called Transportation Riders United. Today, I'm speaking on my behalf of my fellow activists regarding the driver crisis and all my transit advocates to support public transit. Like I mentioned at City Council last week, we need to improve our drivers. You have agencies like the Ann Arbor Area Transportation Authority that are paying almost 28 an hour, and the union is fighting for them. And not this, Detroit is not the only one that's suffering this problem from $15 an hour. Not to mention Toledo Area Regional Transit Authority and the city of Toledo alone is paying $16.26 an hour. That is minimum wage. If we really want to extend our public transit to be a world-class city, we need to start paying for our drivers. Our drivers deserve safety. Our drivers deserve better pay and better working conditions. I know the city is hands are tied between this issue and I've spoken on this issue in front of media. I've spoken with citizens and I've also spoken to elected officials, not to mention the mayor of Toledo, Wade Capsicabbage. He understands the problem, but we also need to find solutions. Our riders are suffering in the cold, waiting almost two hours apart for a bus, and that is not feasible for folks. It is time to grow a resolution. It is time to make changes. The city of Detroit wants to improve public transit and be a world-class city. We need to act like it. We need change. And I understand we have everything in the book that we're trying to put out there, but it's gonna take time, but we need solutions. I've never seen a city council that has been this proactive with the community, and I appreciate you guys for that. Keep on doing the good work, but we need solutions. Let's keep DDOT rolling for years to come. Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, and I wholeheartedly support raising um, the wages of our DDOT bus drivers. I know that there are uh, collective bargaining agreements that are in place um, as well that have to be worked out as well. But I am looking forward to the upcoming budget deliberations where we have an opportunity to really dig into what we can do as a council to support 
uh, the operations of DDOT. So your requests, your letters, your calls, your emails are not going unheard. Um, I, like I said, wholeheartedly support doing what we can, not just a one-time bonus, but actually raising the pay of DDOT dress bus drivers. So thank you for all of you all who have called in and continue to email us and call us uh, with your concerns. Madam President. Yep. Yes, Council Member Santiago Ramiro. Thank you, Madam President. I just want to make a note for the public that on March 6th, we're going to have a conversation with DDOT regarding all of the discussions, the conversations, the the concerns that we have regarding the DOT are going to be discussed on March 6th. Thank you, Madam President. Okay. And uh, March 6th, that's during the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee, which can be viewed, no? Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> during the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee, which can be viewed uh, online, uh, also on Channel 10, or in person down at the City Council Municipal Building. All right. Our next caller. Uh, Madam President, um, the citizens' concerns that called in advance, Lenora Winston, Possing Jamum, and Trent Cole are not online. I'm not sure if they're in the room, but they are not online. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Blespin. So we will now go to our uh, general public comment, starting with Marquise Cartwright. You are here. You can join us at the microphone. Followed by Daryl Stewart. And then followed by Stephanie Donaldson. It is an honor. Thank you, Madam President, and, the, and to, the, uh, to our Congress, uh, and to our Council. Uh, my name is Marquise Carwright. I'm Associate Director with, uh, with the Youth Development Organization called Life Leaders. Um, this morning, I sent you all an email because we are starting a Youth Summit Council for this fifth annual Detroit Youth Summit. And the goal of the summit is to connect um, our youth with our dignitaries, uh, to artists, um, and just in general, the entire community showcase talent um, and present opportunities that wouldn't otherwise be known. And so this council is going to, this council that we're setting up is going to be comprised of people from your districts. And so what I would like, what, I, what I'm asking is that if you have any referrals or any young people between the ages of 14 and 24 that could best suit um, what it takes to be a life leader, meaning that they're ready to actually go out into the community. Um, they're seeking a better and more vibrant Detroit and a more equitable um, community as a whole. All right, thank you. And I'll be looking out for the email you said you just sent to us, and we'll be in touch with you. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Keep up the great work. All right. Daryl Stewart. Yes. Uh, thank you to this honorable body. Uh, come to you for from the historical districts. Uh, I'm sorry. Before you continue, are, are we live on Zoom? Can people hear us on Zoom? Because I keep getting texts that people can't hear at all. We're good. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You only. You, yeah, we'll only restart your time. Okay. No, we're going to restart your time. <laughs> okay. All um, right. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm from the historical Boston S, and, and I'm. We have complaints that. Uh, Boulevards in the historical districts are terrible. You you do the, the on down Woodward and on the east side, and when we I have been calling for years, some years to get uh, some bushes cut that is overgrown. That's a, a driving hazard when people go around the turning. Uh, 
you know, the, the turnaround. Mm -hmm. And they have to pull out because the bushes are stopping them from seeing the traffic coming. We can't get anything done. Then you have a, a situation where you have garbage cans out and the city doesn't say anything about the, to those people. And also, my last thing is that we have, uh, you get federal uh, money for, for uh, grants in the historical district, yeah. but yet and still you got the criteria so low that nobody, you only use up maybe one or two percent and you have to send the money back. So why don't you come up with some other type of plan that senior citizens or someone can use that money to fix up their homes? Okay. All right. Thank you so much. And we will um, get your information and work with you. We do work with the uh, Historic Boston Edison Association. Uh, I'm there quite often. And so I will get with you to make sure we can address any outstanding issues that you may have, along with working with your uh, district managers who are here as well, too. All right. Thank you. Um, Ms. Donaldson left. Uh, William Davis. <laughs> And then followed by Keith, uh, Keith Hines will be next, if he's here. Uh, good evening. Good evening. William M. Davis. I'm, I'm the president of the Detroit Chapter National Action Network, and I would like to invite our listening audience to Focus Hope, February 28th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We're having a, you know, a digital connection, because you know, we have problems in the city of Detroit. There are a lot of people that are eligible to get a, a, a tax credit from the Affordability Connectivity, Connectivity Program, like a $30 pro credit they can get. So we need more people to come out. We need more people to get this credit. We need to make sure the city of Detroit is truly connected. So come out this upcoming Tuesday, February 28th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Also, for the last 18 seconds, the city of Detroit has really messed over the city of Detroit retirees. Y'all about to get the third increase in salary since the bankruptcy. The inflation that we have had has been horrible, but everyone acts like they don't care. This one is all to die. All right. Thank you, Mr. Davis. And um, I know since I've been on council, we have made it a point to every single budget set aside money for the retirees. Uh, through the Retiree Protection Fund, even the current request that's before us now, there's money uh, that is being proposed to be set aside, will be up to almost $400 million, uh, and we'll prepare to make the uh, payment that is going to take place uh, next fiscal year. So we're trying our best. We have some legal constraints um, before us. Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> but we definitely want to make sure. Thank you. Now, I understand that we, it's only certain, so much we can do because of court order, um, but we are definitely working to make sure that you all receive what is due to you all. Remember, are you okay? Okay, just making sure you okay. I'm okay. 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 Wrong hole, wrong hole, okay. sorry. Yes, Remember Durha? Thank you, and I hope Member Santiago Romero is okay as well with the water. Um, I, I just wanted to articulate, we have recently held in the Budget Finance and Audit Subcommittee a discussion as well as a line item a line item that we marked for discussion we are going to be bringing it back within the next couple of weeks there were some questions that uh, former commissioner davis mm -hmm. asked relative to a waiver yes. uh, dealing uh, with the frc and all of that mm -hmm. so we want to ensure that we have all those questions answered i know there are other cities and municipalities that have operate that have operated differently with ARPA funds, we just want to ensure that we are in compliance before we move 
forward with any you know decisions or plans that we may have yes. and make sure that we are doing the right thing uh, and, and within the law that we can do so. Uh, please look forward within the next couple of weeks. We're bringing that back to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Subcommittee. We will have those answers in that presentation for you as well, Commissioner right. Davis. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Madam Member Durha. All right, Mr. Hines. Good evening, Honorable Council. I'm so glad to be here today. I haven't been into one of these meetings in a while, but it was insisted on that I show up. So um, I want to thank everybody um, for inviting me down here on Black History Month. And I guess I have to start with, we have a country where the words start off with we the people and of the people, by the people, but yet we live in an environment where it's under corporate control. It's, some, it's a term called corporate colonialism, a term I learned way back in the 70s on the campus of Wayne State University. It's the slow takeover of government by big business, okay? You can Google it. Corporate colonialism, the slow takeover of government by big business, okay? That being said, there's, um, there were several questions that were pushed to me, but the one that I really would like to answer to is the Broadhead Army on Jefferson and Belle Isle. I would like to know the status of it because people keep saying, Keith, what about it? What about it? What about it? Well, here I am going to ask that question, what about it? Because I saw the layout that the Mumford Marines laid out for it as far as the, the site plan and everything. Beautiful, wonderful yes. asset to the community, including a library yes. and a place where people young people can go and learn and even enlist in the military because the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, the Ma everybody's blending in on the plan. Mm -hmm. Instead, what I'm hearing is... This is I'm sorry to cut you off, Mr. Hines. Oh, that's it? <laughs> yes. Okay. You see the oh, thank you. I, I'm sorry I got carried away, but I'd rather see the Broadhead Armory yes. than a big clown here. Yes. No, thank you. Um, before I pass it over to Pro Tem Tate, um, I have been in contact with uh, individuals in District 5 who have inquired about the status of that particular site. And so we are in conversations right now with the planning department to get an update and status on what is going to happen there. I know the parade company, that, that deal did go through, um, but we have not seen anything to date. So we are looking uh, for some responses and we'll get back with you on that. Um, President Pro Tem Tate also would like to respond. Yes, Madam President, so you, you said pretty much everything I was gonna say. It's in, it was approved through the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee, which I'm the chair of, and I had some questions about it as well. So we will be in, you know, I would like to line item that. Yeah, we, okay. uh, on the Planning and Economic Development okay. uh, Standing Committee, we will line item it to make sure that it is uh, before the public. Everyone has an opportunity to see the responses. Uh, at last check, there were still some uh, financial uh, concerns with the, uh, uh, with the, uh, what's the name again? The parade company. parade company. With the parade company working through that, uh, but we'll get that response for you as well. Okay, great. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, thank you. Hyman, last name Hyman? Yes, Imara. Imara Hyman, followed by Mr. Barrett. Okay, thank you, Council, for this forum. My name is Imara Hyman, and I'm here <clears throat> this evening to express my gratitude to the council for their unanimous vote on Councilperson Calloway's resolution mm -hmm. to have the DDA give $3.5 million to the public library to replace the $3.5 million that it takes each 
year from the library funds. Um, this is particularly crucial for our children who no longer have libraries in their schools. So we're looking at a whole city where our children do not have access to robust libraries. That's morally wrong. It's democratically wrong. And I just want to say that I'm not a person who, you know, does a lot of protesting and stuff, but this started with the fact that my library has been closed since the pandemic. It's not open yet. That library was filled with families and children every single day. Please, please, please pass your resolution exempting um, the libraries and schools from the DDA tax captures. I appreciate that, uh, President Sheffield, and I certainly appreciate uh, Councilperson Angela Whitfield Calloway's continued advocacy for the children and families for our libraries and schools. All right, thank you. Uh, yes, Councilmember Benson. Mayor, thank you for that comment. I hope you have the opportunity to go to the Library Commission and make the same plea. You see their budget. They have a $31 million budget surplus. They are well within their financial means to open every library. Although our reports from LPD indicate that would not be fiscally prudent, but they have the ability. So I'm really hoping that people are taking that concern to the Library Commission, who produces the budget and then brings it to City Council for approval. Please take those concerns to the Library Commission and ask them to open your library. They have the financial means to survive. Member Benson, were you done? So we, so we don't, I don't want to go back and forth. Member Benson, were you done? I'm done. Okay. All right. Um, so we will move forward, and I, I'm sure there will be more discussion on um, the issue of libraries and DPS. I know there was a long discussion in your committee, Pro Tem. We had everybody there. <laughs> and so um, there's also a discussion in neighborhoods and community services standing committee as well. Is that forthcoming? Yeah, yeah. For, for, well, from my understanding, we already moved uh, today the uh, 3.5 million reso today. Now, uh, now, it, may, I'm sorry, may I? Sure. Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Thank you for your patience. So, uh, don't want to put the cart for the horse there. But um, so we've already uh, done that. What I would advise you is that even though the uh, city designates um, the uh, TIFs, we have to remember they're authorized by the state. So if you have a problem with TIFAs on the state level, I would suggest you call your local uh, state representative or your local state senator and change the laws that way. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Adam. Uh, uh, like Imara, I'm a member of the Friends of the Bowen Branch Library. And um, we, uh, we actually are at the state level. We are working on that. Um, I also want to uh, thank you for passing the Callaway res resolution today. I wasn't able to be at council, but we were at the uh, DPL commission today as well. Um, so we are aware of what's going on. Um, one one thing I'd kind of like to address, though, is like uh, since I've been following council and committee, um, is there seems to be a lot of either uninformed or inaccurate or maybe just downright misinformation regarding the libraries and their 
structure and the way they're related to the schools and, and so forth. And um, just wondering if there's any kind of way we can uh, get that corrected. Um, I've even heard some LPD uh, representatives about uh, saying some uh, incorrect things when they're, I, I presume they're the ones there to actually give the correct information. But um, um, yeah, that's, I, I guess that's pretty much my comment. I didn't realize we had public comment here tonight, so I didn't really prepare anything, but thank you. All right, thank you. Ms. Harrell? Good evening to this honorable body. My name is Taylor Harrell and I am bringing greetings from the General Services Department. Just wanted to let you all know that the Floor Culture uh, Department or the Floor Culture Team in GSD is hiring as well as Animal Control. So we encourage you to let anybody know if they're looking for a job to go to the City of Detroit's website, type in the General Services Department and they will see the link to the application for Floor Culture and Animal Control. Um, we are also hosting our Easter Fun Fest in District 3 at Hallman Recreation Center on April 8th. So we are looking for vendors to participate in our Easter Fun Fest. So if you all would like to uh, be a vendor, you can still go to that same website. And there's a link for you all to learn how to be a vendor with the city of Detroit as well as, uh, as, well as at our Easter Fun Fest. Um, and lastly, we are hosting open auditions at the Northwest Activity Center on March 11th and March 25th. So if you are an artist, um, any kind of artist, you are welcome to come to open auditions all day. So from 9 to 5 p.m. on March 11th or March 25th at the Northwest Activity Center. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ms. Harrell. And keep up the great work over there with uh, GSD. We all, we all get the emails, all the events. So you guys are doing a great job. Uh, Rudy Rudolph Merkel. That'll work. <laughs> Rudy, a.k.a. Rudy. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Madam President, Council Members. Um, Uh-oh, they started the clock too fast. Uh-oh. There's so many issues to talk about. Um, real quick, uh, a lady over here mentioned public lighting, street lights. Mm -hmm. It's been an ongoing issue in my neighborhood. When the lights were first um, restored to the city under Dave Bing's uh, program, they moved the lights around and they spread them out. Mm -hmm. So you have islands of light and sea of blackness between the lights on side streets is worse than any place else. Um, signage. The signage in the city needs a lot of work. Uh, we have a lot of issues in my neighborhood with cars going the wrong, wrong way down one-way streets. Um, we need more signage that would reflect um, that that's not right. And also, just a little side piece, the, the intersection where Davidson Freeway ends right as you come up at Conant, that whole area right through there uh, needs signage, and it could be a state issue or county, I don't know, um, but the area is dark, and there's not enough signage that really lets people can see that the road is splitting because you see where cars have jumped over those curves and hit the signs repeatedly. Uh, lastly, real quick, Department of Transportation, um, when DDOT decides to run the system in a manner that uh, would suggest that they're running it to attract people to ride rather than set up just for people who have no choice, they'll thank go a long way towards making it a much better system. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rudy. And we will continue to work with you on the PLA issues uh, as well as the signage. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, Felicia Tate. Madam President, City Council, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Felicia Tate, and I'm with the Sheridan Community Block Club. Our mission is to improve the quality of life and safety in our underserved community in the floor block radius of Granger to East Grand Boulevard and to 94 to Van Dyke. We are just nearly under a year old. However, since May of 2022, we have accomplishments. And I just want to give a shout out to Madam President, because she has stopped by several times, Ray Simpson, uh, the Deputy Manager, District Manager, uh, Keith Butler. St. Anthony's, the MPOs, the membership, and partially D Detroit Land Bank Authority. I say partially because I have this home that is right next door to me, and it, the foundation is unsafe. It's sinking in the, in the ground, and the bricks are starting to fall off the house to where it is actually um, getting ready to fall on my house, basically. So, um, and that's 5435 shared, and just in case. Uh, we also have basins that need to be cleaned out. They have not been cleaned in years, and because we don't have any sidewalks, the dirt goes right down into the basin, so I like to get with the Detroit Water and Sewage Department to help me with that. Sidewalk repairs and also tree cutting. We have trees that are so old, it's lifting the sidewalk, so we need those trees and the stumps taken out with the sidewalks repaired. Uh, we would also ask for our um, home. Uh, with the 2024 uh, draft coming in, our appeal, we are right off Gratiot and the Boulevard. So when you pass by, everybody needs like siding, roofs, windows. So we want to get with someone or a company or some of these prominent um, uh, 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 venues like the Pistons, Wayne State, somebody to donate some money so that the homeowners who have been there years, because we've yes. got a lot of elderly yes. um, in our, and so just some, um, quick, yeah, some, some money to help us bring and restore, rejuvenate our community back together as gotcha. we try to create the uh, quality of life. Yes. Um, so just, if they can just <laughs> gotcha. point us in the right yes. direction. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Felicia. Keep up the great work that you guys are doing over there. And you're familiar with the Neighborhood Beautification Grant, correct? Okay, so hopefully you all apply for that. I know Durha's district was number one as far as the amount uh, that was awarded. We were number two. District 5 was number two, so we want to get more organizations in that pipeline. So I'll make sure you get that information, and then also while you're here, connect you to some departments to make sure that we get your issues addressed. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work that you guys are doing over there off of Gratiot. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Um, yes, Member Young. Let's, let's, I can finish first. Oh, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, ma'am, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yeah, you said you represent Sheridan? Community Block Club, absolutely. Because I live on Sheridan. Okay. And I ain't got no invite or email. I or... will definitely, and my godmother, Raynell Cunningham, told yeah. me to reach out to you. Yeah. So I definitely will do that. Yeah, and I made sure that my guy, this is my guy, Kenneth, right here. We oh. definitely make sure we reach out to you, talk to you as well. But I'm absolutely. like, you saying Sheridan, I don't even like I live over there. Okay. I ain't, too. You Come ain't on. send me a dog, a bite you, or nothing. All right. <laughs> I got you. All right, All right. I see you soon. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Daniel Solano. Solano. Hello, Council President, Hi. Council members. Uh, I'm coming from the Arden Park, East Boston Historic District area, and some company has set up uh, some wildcat operation on Oakland Avenue at Arden Park Boulevard next to the school. 
And what they've done is they've dug up a bunch of concrete. They, they pushed up dirt berms for a fence line. They knocked down the existing fence. And then they put all this unsightly equipment there. So it's right next to a school, a yep. button historic district. And then there's residential homes right next to it. Yep. And I don't know who these cats are or what they are, but they look similar to the uh, company that was trying to put the concrete crusher on Buchanan at 96. So it's a smaller version of that. So whoever these guys are, they came in here and they just started jackhammering concrete, making all kind of noise, made a big old mess, and now we got to look at it. And I've worked and retired from the city. I still live here. And for people like that to come in and disrespect us like that, that's crazy. Okay, there's senior citizens that live right there. They wanted this addressed before, but I've been tied up. So now we're addressing it. But I'd like to get some help on that if there should be some kind of fence in there. Yeah. So the equipment should be out of sight. But they, they got all that area just messed up. Okay, and then the second thing I'd like to get, get to before I'm out of time, because I am, is uh, uh, the home uh, repair program. Uh, can you point me to the right table for like the roofing loans and you know home repair loans? Uh, or I know they're not grants anymore, but uh, yeah. we have grants still. We still have grants available. Oh, okay. Well, yep. then uh, point me in that direction. <laughs> yeah, try that route first. <laughs> What's that? I said try that route first, okay, and then there, they, we do have zero uh, percent interest loans as well too. But I would start with the uh, home repair grant. Is there anyone here from HRD, Housing and Revitalization Department? All right, if, or the mayor's office. Okay, someone here, Malik uh, Washington is behind you. And then also, I have been in touch with uh, Ms. Stephanie, isn't she the president of Arden Park? Uh, yes. Yes, she reached out to me about the issue on the corner, and so we are in contact with the planning department. But since you guys are here, I would like to actually line item that for planning and development to get an update on what actually is taking place on that site uh, and making sure that they are um, adhering to the proper zoning. Um, and so can you just give me the street again? It's on Oakland Avenue, right where Arden Park, oh, Oakland Avenue and Arden Park Boulevard. Okay. It ends so at a T there. Oakland and Arden Park, if the clerk would note, if we can add that as a line item for planning and development to get an update as to what is taking place on that site and that all of the various permits and zoning is uh, being followed. Okay, I'd appreciate it. Thank and so you. would the seniors that live down the road there. They, they live right next to that, and they have to look at it more than me. Yep. So uh, I really appreciate it. They'd appreciate it. Yep, appreciate you as well. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, we have any more callers online? There, there are two callers online, Madam President. The first is Marguerite Maddox. I show Miss Matter. Oh, she just Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's Marguerite Maddox and Good evening, Miss Maddox. Yeah. Um, I. You guys know that I am more concerned about safety and and if we want 
Ms. Maddox. The last caller is Reem Abushawish. Reem Abushawish, I show your microphone as muted. If you could unmute yourself. Yes, good evening. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, everybody can hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm just outside because I've been hearing this while outside. I'm here actually to speak on, uh, my name is Jim Abu Shawish. I am a Detroit Public School uh, teacher. I am here to speak on, uh, specifically on the case of Land Bank, uh, who took over uh, Detroit City to fix the problem of the houses that the city was unable to demolish because of the expenses, the high expenses of demolishing. Uh, I, what we can see that they took, their policies are illegal and they need to be reviewed. And since they took uh, over the city, they are not fixing the problem, specifically the safety problem. And they collecting taxes from people, even if it's fi after five years of being owning the house. And uh, while they collecting and acting like government, they are getting the chance to act on behalf of government and collect tax from people. At the same time, they don't use this money to uh, help the Detroit uh, problem, but they are actually making profit out of it. So just like any other corp. Oh, okay, I, that was her time. That concludes public comment, Madam President. Okay, and uh, we will give her our contact number if there is anything specifically with the land bank that um, she would like us to address, 313-224-4505. 
Uh, and then Stephanie Donaldson had to leave, but she did want residents to know that CAS Community Social Service does have a senior modification program for homes. It is funded through DAAA. Residents must be 60 years of age or older and reside in the city of Detroit or Highland Park. This is for uh, repairs that help improve senior citizen safety throughout the home. Grants are up to $2,500. Please call 313-883-2277 and ask for Stephanie Donaldson. That's 313-883-2277. All right, that concludes our public comment um, for today, and thank you all for joining us this evening. There is nothing else to come before this uh, body this evening. We thank you all for coming out. Everyone be safe, be blessed, and this meeting will now stand adjourned.